Hello everyone, welcome uh, to um, the sports channel. Um, it's, uh, I I will be your host today. Um, so um, basically, this is a podcast, basically of sports. You know, football, NFL, college, any sport, basketball, baseball. But anyways, um, today um, I'm going to be talking about my football team, the New York Giants. Um, it's, it's the offseason. The Giants win a 6-10. and 10. Uh, They finished the season second in the NFC East, or you could say NFC least. Um, but anyways, um, today, guys, um, I just want to talk to you guys today about the Giants um, searching for a new offensive line coach. You know, look, um, the Giants are looking for a new offensive line coach again. Um, Dave uh, Dugliamio's contract expired at the end of the season, and the Giants are casting a wide net of uh, four potential full-time offensive line coaches. Multiple sources told the Post, um, uh, Dugliamio replaced Mark Colombo on an interim basis for the final eight weeks. It is possible Dugliamio could return uh, to the Giants in some fashion, though the two sides tried and failed to reach an agreement on his contract to return as offensive line coach. He intentionally was supposed to be added in season as an offensive consultant who previously worked with uh, Joe Judge on the Patriots staff and was experienced in judges preferred plan to rotate young um offensive linemen um Dougley Amelo did not coach to see the finale due to the positive due to a positive COVID-19 test assistant offensive line coach Ben Wilkerson who joined the Giants in, uh, back in 2018 and received a raise to remain on judges first staff last season filled in and used just the five starting linemen in a win over the Cowboys uh Dougley Amelo's uh previous four stops lasted one season each but he is respected within the Giants where he was introduced to the NFL from 2004 to 2008 I think in my from my own opinion from my own honest opinion I think it is time I think look it is time of it's the time of the year where the makeup of staffs change because of head coach hirings and firings the Eagles firing of Doug Peterson means Jeff Stoutland could shake free and he was the offensive line coach at Alabama when Judge was a young special teams assistant for Nick Saban James Campen who was a fixture with the uh, Packers for 15 years also is available after spending last season with the Chargers Judge is going to want to create stability at the position especially for these young guys like Andrew Thomas, Nick Gates, Matt Pert the Giants have it Ha- they've had had a revolving door at offensive line coat um you know um the giants have had a revolving door um at offensive line um coach since the exit of pat of flaher of flaherty and that was back in that was from 2004 to 2015 so let's see so i'm i'm really interested in seeing who the giants new offensive line's coach is going to be um yeah um, so yeah, um, so yeah, okay, guys, I'm moving on to the next, um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about the team, this team I hate the most, you guys know I'm a Giants fan, let's talk about the Dallas Cowgirls, 
you know, let's talk about the Dallas Cowgirls, you know, and it's just been reported that um, the Dallas Cowboys um, uh, today have officially hired defensive line coach Aiden Durd. Now look at now with Dan Quinn settled into his new gig as the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowgirls, the work begins to formulate his coaching staff. This morning, it was announced that he's hired at uh, he's hired um, he's hired his defensive line coach. According to uh, ESPN's Todd Archer, the Cowboys will be will bring Aiden Dirt from the Atlanta Falcons to be their new defensive line coach, which. Which comes to mind, the Falcons' defense hasn't been good when it got to the end of the season. Now, but look, back to this. Um, Look, Dirt is a native of England and spent the last three years coaching on Dan Quinn's staff. He was also an, in, he was also an intern with the Dallas Cowboys under former head coach Jason Garrett, according to Archer. Prior to that, he was attempting to make his way into the NFL through the through the international players pathway. But look at with the Falcons, Dirt was a linebackers coach for a defense that wasn't very good. Now he gets his hands on a defensive line that features Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Dirt will be charged with Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore's development and helping Bradley Ane work to get on the football field more. The Cowboys have now added a defensive backs coach and a defensive line coach to their ever-evolving coaching staff you know um it certainly wasn't a traditional uh route route whatever you can say to the nfl or through the coaching ranks but he appears to be a guy that's highly thought of it will be interesting to what kind of impact he has when the team takes the field in the fall so that's gonna be really interesting you know i didn't really think i didn't really I wasn't really shocked, you know, because I wasn't really shocked about when Mike Nolan got fired, you know, because he was horrible. This is a, this, this Cowboys defense was ranked dead last in passing and rushing, you know. So, yeah, but let's see what Aiden, let's see what this guy, let's see what Aiden Dirt can do, uh, do with this Cowboys defense. But, yeah. So yeah, and guys, um, look at guys, um, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles now. You know, basically, you know, um, this is my first time, you know, making my own podcast. So we're basically, um, I'm basically today, I'm basically gonna be talking about every team in the NFC least. You know, see what they're seeing how they can fix uh, their team, like what their plan is to being successful going on. So, yeah, I'm going on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you guys probably haven't heard, but the Eagles um, owner, Jeffrey Lurie, um, you know about um, the Eagles. They're obviously looking for a new head coach. You know, they fired Doug Peterson finally. You know, there, there's still a lot of there's still a whole lot, whole lot of questions going on in Philly. Will Carson Wentz be their quarterback? You know. Um, 
who's gonna be the next defensive co- who's gonna be the next defensive coordinator for this uh for that Eagles team? Cause we all know we all we all we all already heard probably everyone. I don't know if you guys heard, but Jim Schwartz retired. You know, so there's a lot of questions going on. But right now, the real question is, who is the head coach? You know, and obviously the Eagles and the Eagles have been have been for the past week. It hasn't been there. Ha, there hasn't been nothing else talked about other than Josh McDaniels going to the Eagles. But a report, it's just been reported that the Eagles, uh, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, is not completely sold on McDaniels. Look it. As the Eagles continue to interview people for their open head coaching position, Jeffrey Lurie has reservations about one of the candidates. Josh McDaniels is considered one of the leading candidates to take the job. However, according to however, according to uh, Pro Football uh, Pro, uh, PFTs or Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio. Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie is not entirely on board with having McDaniels become the head coach. You know, look, you gotta understand. Howie Roseman has a major seat at the table in Philly. Now the question is, how, now the question is, how does these two coexist? My understanding is this. Roseman is fine with it. It's just a matter of taking the owner. Jeffrey Lurie, Jeffrey, it's, it's, it's just a matter of taking the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, into it. McDaniels was previously a head coach with the Denver Broncos and finished with, a, uh, with an, I believe, 11-17 and 17 record and was eventually fired. McDaniels has had interviews in the past in which he was asked for front office control. McDaniels reportedly did this when he interviewed with the uh, Cleveland Browns back in 2019. However, the Browns passed on McDaniels and hired Kevin Stefanski. The fact that Lurie has to be talked into, into the hire should be a concern in itself. Also, it is surprising that Roseman, Howie Roseman, is okay with the front office change, being that he has a lot to say in personal decisions since 2016. So those are my thoughts on this. You know, the Eagles, they're still going to be trash, in my opinion. I have a feeling they might just, I think the Eagles might end up tearing it all down and tanking. You know, car, you know you're not going to have Zach Ertz, you know, with uh, contract, uh, with contract um, problems. You're not going to have, uh, you're, you know, I don't know what the Eagles are going to do, you know. And the reason why I'm saying the Eagles are going to be horrible is because when how Ro- when you when it comes to Howie Roseman uh, deciding to bring in talent, that's where that's where the curb breaks apart. That's where everything messes up. Howie wrote Howie Roseman went after Jalen Hurts when you could have went after a good receiver like someone like Ceedee Lamb or someone like Henry Ruggs, but no, you went after Jay, and don't get me wrong, I've said this multiple, i said this, I, I've, I've said, I've said this on multiple occasions, I like Jalen Hurts, you know, you know, I really do, you know, he came from Alabama, Alabama's a great college, you know,
there's no debate, you know, but I just, I just don't see, I just don't, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman lose their jobs going into next season, let's just see. And now, guys, we get to the team that took the chance away from the Giants. Um, um, guys, just reported um, the, uh, the Washington football team. They have officially shut down the facility after positive COVID-19 tests. Um, look at my thoughts on this. Um. The club's statement Wednesday did not identify the names of jo- the names or jobs of those who have the illness, or say exactly how many positive tests there were. The team did say those people have now quarantined, uh, and the staff currently is working from home during the off season. This season, only two players for Washington tested positive for the illness caused by the the novel coronavirus. Washington finished with a uh, seven and nine record after losing in the first round of the NFC of the NFC playoffs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like eleven days ago. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, um, those are this. That's all I had. That's what. That's all I had to say for today. Um, hopefully you guys like this um podcast. You know, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing this every day. You know, weekdays and weekends. And yeah. So yeah, um, tomorrow, um, guys, I'm gonna be um talking about um, I'm gonna be talking about um, I'm gonna be talking about all the other teams in the AFC and the NFC. You know, even the teams that aren't in the playoffs anymore, I'm gonna be talking about them, and I'm gonna be talking about the playoffs. You know, um, the the conference champion, conference championships for both the AFC and the NFC. Yeah. So you guys have a wonderful day, and I will see you guys tomorrow. See ya. Welcome everyone back um to the sports podcast. Um I'm your host uh Justin. Um today guys um breaking news. Um Wow, I was shocked when I heard this. Um Dwayne Haskins, who recently, not too long ago, got who was Supposed to be the starting quarterback for the Washington football team, or you could say Washington no namers. He has officially signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers as he seeks his redemption in the NFL. So, um, Dwayne Haskins is on the brink to me, it looks like it is, of finding a new NFL team. You know, the Steelers are signing Haskins to a one year deal, according to multiple reports. Haskins, who is 23 years old, met with uh, Steelers coaches early uh, Thursday afternoon. So, this is today. It's an intriguing uh, marriage, you know, in my opinion, for both sides. Um, Haskins, after being uh, taken number 15th overall in the 2019 NFL Draft, was waived by the Washington no-namers last month after video surfaced of him partying maskless with strippers. Wow. The second time he violated COVID-19 protocol earlier in the season, 
He made a hotel reservation for a family friend before a road game against the Giants. Haskins also struggled on the field and was benched by Ron Rivera early in the season for Kyle Allen, who later went down with a season-ending ankle injury. I'm hoping he's doing okay as well. That led Alex Smith's triumphant return under center after a life-threatening leg injury. When Smith got hurt again, Haskins started again, but ended up being benched for Taylor Heineke, who is the backup for Alex Smith. In seven games, Haskins start, which which Haskins, Dwayne Haskins started in six of them. Haskins has one thousand four hundred thirty has a total of 1,439 yards, five touchdowns, and seven interceptions. So, look, here's what I got to say about all this. For the Steelers, they may see an opportunity to develop a former first-round pick as they face a major question about the future of their quarterback position. Ben Roethlisberger is likely returning for the 2021 season. What? Yeah, that's crazy, right? You didn't know that, but he's 38 years old, though and started to show his age in 2020. Pittsburgh started 11-0 but finished 12-4 and lost to the Browns in the wildcard round of the NFL playoffs. Mason Rudolph, to me, from what I'm seeing, from my very own eyes, Mason Rudolph is currently the Steelers' backup quarterback. So this is going to be really interesting. Are we, we might see, call, don't call me crazy, but we might see a quarterback competition. We might see it. And I think if Dwayne Haskins is looking for his redemption, I think if if you're if you're looking redemption's like revenge. You're look you're you're, you're you're trying to prove to the whole NFL world that you're worth uh, the number 15th overall pick. Dwayne Haskins, I like him a lot. I've said that multiple times. He's a great quarterback. Came from Ohio State, you know. I'm a big Buckeye fan. I will, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm on, I'm on this kid's side every path as every path. Either, either he's a backup. I'm still gonna like him. You know, he came from one of the best colleges in the league. So I think this is, this is gonna be a big opportunity for Dwayne Haskins to prove himself and prove that he is worth a top, top quarterback. You know, in this league. So let's just see how that all goes down. But I am seriously seeing that we could see a quarterback competition out of Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph, and Dwayne Haskins. But let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, guys. Um. Anyways, um, guys. Um, it just been reported. Um. That the Philadelphia Eagles have officially signed Nick Sirianni as their new head coach. Uh, Nick Sirianni, uh, what was the former uh, offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts? Here is my thought on this: Sirianni is 39 years old, so he's still young. Had an extensive interview for the head coaching job that started Tuesday and reportedly spilled over to the next day. 
There was a sense in league circles that the race had narrowed to two candidates when I was talking about yesterday about uh, New England Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels and Sarani, who has been the Colts coordinator for three seasons. Um, the Eagles ended up hiring the less uh, heralded name, but one who continued to gain steam inside the Eagles organization the more they called around about him. You know, Sarani and my Sarani had previously spent three seasons as an assistant with the Chiefs and five seasons with the Chargers. He was the Chargers quarterbacks coach back in 2014 and 2015 when Frank Wright was offensive coordinator in San Diego. Uh, Wright hired him to be his, his right-hand man when he left Philadelphia to take the Colts head coaching job back in 2018. Look it, despite rotating uh, cast at quarterback, Indianapolis has fielded a top 10 offense in two of the past three seasons, in my own opinion. Philip uh, Rivers completed 68% per, uh, of his passes this season for 4,000 yards with 24 touchdowns to 11 interceptions um, in 2020. Sarani has worked as a quarterback's coach and receiver's coach since coming into this league with the Chiefs back in 2009. The Colts, who are 11-5, finished ninth in the NFL in scoring. Their, their offense is scoring 28 points per game and 10th in yards per game, which is during the 78.1 this oh, season. Oh, here's my brother. You want to say something? Yeah! Okay. My bad. That was my brother. My Bears are, Shh. Um, are, my, are, my bears are top five. Okay. So, anyways, the, the Eagles held... The Eagles held an extensive search after firing uh, Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson on the 11th of January. Finally, they interviewed Ar- they interviewed Arthur Smith. They interviewed Robert Saleh. They interviewed Gerard Mayo. They interviewed Joe Brady. They interviewed Kellen Moore. They interviewed Drew Staley. They interviewed Todd Bowles. They, interview- uh, they interviewed uh, Dennis Allen. They interviewed, they interviewed uh, Josh McDaniels. And now they interviewed Sarani. They also had a request in to speak with uh, Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dayball, but there was an there was an agreement to wait until after Sunday's AFC Championship game for a potential interview. Pearson was fired after going 4-11-1 in his fifth season with this team. He went 46-39 and one and won the Lombardi Trophy during the 2017 season which was the first of three straight playoff appearances for the Eagles under Peterson. So there's a lot, there's a lot of craziness going on, you know, so I'm, I'm still not sold. This guy has never, he's never coached a football team in years, you know? So I'm still not sold. There's still a whole lot of, whole lot of questions going on for this team. You know, can, now, the question is, can Nick Sarani and Carson Wentz work well together? Because that's been the main question. The Eagles are trying, obviously the Eagles are trying to find a head coach. If Carson Wentz wants to stay or not, that's right for Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts, you know? So, I can't wait, you know? I'm still, I'm still not, I'm still not, I'm still not sold on the Eagles. I still think they're going to be trash. You know, because like I said, this is, I think Nick Sarani, I think the Eagles, they might go 6-10. and 10. 
you know, somewhere in that range. Since they got um, um, this guy, because he came from the Colts. The Colts are a good team, you know. So I can't wait. So, yeah. Anyways, guys, um, let's get to my Giants really quick. Um, so this question has been uh been this question's been talked this question's been uh talked about, you know, for a whole year. <sighs> There's a huge, massive uh Giants decision on Daniel Jones, and the question is, you guys probably you guys probably heard this question multiple times. Is this kid is this kid the right is this kid the right quarterback for the Giants? And I'm gonna say that question again. Is this kid the right is Daniel Jones, is this kid out of Duke a a quarterback that's faced so many criticism by the media, by this one time I don't think I told you guys this. This one time Daniel Jones went to uh he went uh, to Yankee Stadium out in Brooklyn, Yankee fans started throwing trash at him. So disrespectful. But here's what I gotta say about this: Is Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones the franchise quarterback for the New York Giants? Look at this cannot be decided by a cause, determined by a vote, or settled with a hot take Twitter poll. Poll. This cannot be stamped as true after an analytics-driven study flowing with all sorts of numbers, rankings, and data. This is no open and shut case. Look, at figuring out what Daniel Jones is, what he might become, and projecting his legacy after he's, after he's through wearing a New York Giants uniform is more risky and uncertain, in my opinion, now that it was a year ago. And that is unsettling. So much more should be known about this kid. Now, Daniel Jones, who is 23 years old and two seasons into his NFL career, than what we thought we knew after his rookie year. You know, look at we know he is a big and strong and look at Daniel Jones. We everyone knows, even Giants fans or other fans, you can say. We all know Daniel Jones is big and he's strong and he's fast. With straight line speed, more than anything, we know he gets hurt. He missed two games as a rookie with a high ankle sprain and two games this year uh, with, a ha- with a hamstring and an ankle injury. We know he fumbles too often. He lost the ball 18 times last year and lost 11 this year. We know his 2019 production where he had 24 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions was not matched with his 11 touchdowns and 10 interceptions for this year. We know he can run. This kid... He's running from what I'm seeing from this kid. This kid, he's running 702. He has 702 career rushing yards. This kid is, Daniel Jones is averaging 6.4 yards, or you could say six and a half yards per attempt. But that, he is not especially nimble navigating the pocket. We know his offensive line, more so last year, was lacking and combined with his occasional lack of awareness resulted in too many sacks, which they allowed 83 of them. So look, we know he works his butt off. 
that his teammates took an instant liking to him and that he quickly earned their respect. We know he shows far more personality behind closed doors than he does in public. We sense the responsibility of following Eli Manning continues to weigh on him. We know the timing of a first uh, first year in a new offensive system with uh, no live spring work because of the global pandemic was the validating. And losing star running back Saquon Barkley in week two was crushing. We know his record as a starter is eighteen and is eight and eighteen. Daniel Jones will be the Giants quarterback in 2021. Point blank period. I'ma say it again. All you haters out there, Daniel Jones will be the Giants quarterback in 2021. There's no debate. Either this is a delaying the inevitable letdown or setting up a long and fruitful partnership is up for serious debate and conjecture. Here we go. Let's let's view from the inside. Joe Judge, late in the season, doubled down on his conviction that Jones is his quarterback. He said it clear. Daniel Jones is our franchise quarterback. This conviction flies in the face of any actual uh, statistical evidence presented by the first-year head coach whose team was compromised by the NFL's near-worst scoring offense. The Giants had uh, their scoring offense was ranked 31st by PFF. Daniel, look at Daniel, Joe Judge said recently, I told Daniel I had to evaluate him and see if he was the answer, a guy we could build with. You could see there were traits the team responded to, and his play was raised. Stats are what they are, but when you see a guy command the huddle, change within the game plans, the way they prepare, that says a lot. In a lot of the ways, we could say this guy gives us confidence to go forward. Maybe in things that go unnoticed by the naked eye, that give our team a chance to be successful. Judge also said about Jones this. He all, Joe Judge said this about Daniel Jones. Prepared away from the field better than anybody else on a daily basis. This is all quality stuff. But at some point, the things that go unnoticed by the naked eye must be revealed in terms of points, wins, and an era that the quarterback is keeper. I believe everything he just said because Daniel Jones is a great quarterback. I don't care if he came from Duke. I didn't have no reaction. I didn't get mad. I didn't say anything. I just, I just, I took a deep breath and I gave this kid a chance and he proved everyone wrong. Even though that in preseason in his first year, he went against a bad Jets team. He went 7 for 7 for 69 yards and a touchdown straight down the field. What about that week two game in last year where Daniel Jones, where the Giants were down 28 to 3 and Daniel Jones brought us back and beat the Buccaneers 31-30? Is that not a great quarterback? That is a special quarterback. I'm not even going to say great. I'm not even going to say special. I'm going to say fabulous. I'm going to use fancy words in this because I really like this kid. I think he's special, and he's going to take us to the playoffs because this division is crap, and I think the Giants are going to be a much better football team next season. Not only that, there's going to be talent in the offseason and in the freaking draft. The Giants are going to be a great team. Look, it. at times it seemed as... If this coaching staff were starting from scratch with Jones, breaking him down and then slowly trying to build him back up, in many ways it felt like his first NFL season all over again. But look at yes they can. Look at that is the option of Dan uh, Shanka. Long time NFL talent evaluator. In response 
to the most important question of all when it comes to evaluating this kid. Can the Gi- the first question like can the Giants win a Super Bowl with this kid? Look at you saw what Eli Manning did. Eli had some talent around him and a great defense. Shanka uh Shanka, national scout and GM of our lads scouting service told the Pulse, yeah, I think he can yeah, I I think he can. Quarterbacks, if they don't make mistakes, if they don't turn over the ball, yes, I think he can. This might be comfort comforting. Not for some giant fans. You know? It might be, uh, it might not be comfortable. Uh, it might be comfortable for some Giants fans, you know. Look at, like I said, this might be comforting or maybe worrisome. Like I said, t- to Giants fans, if the stars have to be aligned just so for jump for this kid to win big, perhaps he does not possess the upside needed to actually make it big. Now, what about this? Ask this question: What about? Jones' ability to lift the performance of those around him. I think when people, when I ask myself that question, I say this. I think Daniel Jones is going to be what he is. He's going to be a middle-of-the-road starting quarterback in the NFL. Work his way into the uh, top 15 to 20. He'll be a piece. I don't think he'll never be a star that's going to carry a team. But he's going to have guys like Saquon Barkley and the receivers around him and have the running game. I think he can be a really good game manager type quarterback. What bothers me is he turns the ball over more than I remembered in cop. More than more than I remembered, you know, in some of his college games. I never watched him at Duke, you know. Duke is a trash uh, college football team. You all know this. Now, the question is, is he a turnover machine? Look it. In my own opinion, Daniel's a smart guy. He's a, he's a little more athletic than I gave him credit for coming out of Duke. He has a chance. I'm telling you, he has a chance. But he's got to have the team around him, you know. If Daniel Jones were listed on the Doe Jones, Daniel Jeremiah, Daniel Jeremiah, who takes cover of the post, said he would buy the stock. While admitting the returns this far have not been impressive, you know. But look, you have to understand, if you ignore the numbers and just look at a couple of things. Number one, I think he can do everything he needs to do. So his skills translate. And the second thing, he's shown his toughness. So those are the things he's really got going for him. Now the results haven't come yet. I think the underlying financials there are solid that's why i'd feel i'd be okay buying his stock because i feel there's a pretty good foundation there with him you know and you can ask yourself this can you close your eyes and imagine confetti falling on him after winning the super bowl what can be imagined for Jones? Look at, I see tremendous upside. I don't think he. I don't think he's gonna be a top five quarterback. I'm being honest. I think top. I think he can be a top twelve, perennial playoff quarterback. You put the right pieces around this, this kid, you could win at the highest level. 
but he's going to be dependent on what's around him. That's normal. There's only a handful of quarterbacks that can win and play really well independent of what's around him. Like look look at Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes has won Patrick Mahomes has the number one best tight end in Travis Kelsey. He has probably one of the fastest of receivers in the league in Tyreek Hill. He has a great defense, you know? And that's why the Giants, we really don't the Giants don't really have that much needs. All the Giants really need is a all the Giants really need is an edge rusher and a receiver. You know? And a tight end. So here's my view on Daniel Jones. First things first, as far as feelings for uh, Daniel Jones as quarterback, it is swipe right or swipe left. I like him. I think he's got all the physical skills that you would want. Traditional release, he's athletic enough um, in today's, uh, today's day and an age in the NFL. He can run. There's some examples where he gets... You know, where he gets uh, kind of stuck on something and he sticks with it a little, a little too long. And it leads to a bad decision or it leads to the pocket collapsing around him. But yeah, you also, you also have to understand there's a lot to like about his physical ability. He can, he can throw a nice ball. He has a good arm, you know. He can throw, he can throw a nice, nice and catchable ball. I think he can be the guy. It's a matter, but... It's a matter of taking that next step. You know? You know, um, look at and look at I, I can see I see Daniel Jones. I can see that he he wants to be he wants to be good so bad. You can tell. It's painfully obvious how hard he's working. Oftentimes his desire to be a great player is in some ways in some way hurts him, you know? Now look at is it possible Daniel Jones is trying too hard? Look at if you're desperate to get it done, if you're desperate to pull something off, and you're desperate, and if you're desperate to endear yourself to the fan base, oftentimes you'll push, and you'll try to pull things off that you shouldn't even try. You want to be the hero. You want to make the play. You want to show everybody it can be done when the play can't be done. Can't be done. It can't be pulled off. It's too difficult. I don't think he's lost the confidence, which is encouraging. The production drop-off from his first year to his second, some of it can be traced back to the imperfect storm caused by COVID-19, by the COVID-19 shutdowns of live work in spring, intermixing with the task of learning new coordinator Jason Garrett's offensive system. There were just a lot of things that were working that you, you know there were just a lot of things that were working against Daniel Jones. He loses their be- he lose look at you lost your best offensive weapon in Saquon Barkley. They just had some serious adversity that you never want to make excuses for, especially in New York, in the New York market. Expecting a young player to play at a dick at a high level under the circumstances was probably asking a little too much. So the bottom line is this. Can the Giants win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones? Yes. That's my question. And there's my answer. Yes, Daniel Jones will win a Super Bowl.
I'm not saying that he's going to be. Uh, I'm not trying to say that he's uh, Josh Allen with the Buffalo Bills or Lamar with the Baltimore Ravens or Kyle Murray with the Arizona Cardinals. Daniel Jones. If I was right, if I was, if I wish I was right by Daniel Jones right now. If I was Daniel Jones, I would tell him. I would tell him this. Don't 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 listen to the critics. Listen to your heart, and listen to your listen to your fans, your teammates, your family. Listen to what I say because I'm trying to help you be a good quarterback. For example, the Rams almost won a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. Yes, you can do it. There's a lot of areas I would point to with the Giants, and I would say, all right. Just they need to fix this. They need to fix that. They need to do this. They'll need to do that. You can get him a couple more weapons like Allen Robinson from the Bears or Juju Smith from the Steelers. No, get him a tight end. Get George Kittle. We can't because he signed a seven-year contract deal with the Niners. There's a bunch of things I would do in New I'm York you, before, shh, before I would. There's a bunch of things I would do with the Giants before I before I worry majority about the quarterback spot. You have to have a great supporting cast, and I believe Daniel Jones has it. He just needs a receiver. I love the offense line. I love it. I like Andrew Thomas. I like Matt Pert. I, like, I think Kevin Zeitler, I think he's one of the best offensive right tackles in the league. Nick Gates, he's great. He's aggressive. I like him. He's not bad. Saquon, Bar- Saquon Barkley is one of the best backs in the league, in my opinion. He's not bad, Montgomery. Keep shush. So, look. You have, to, you, have to have a, you have to have a great supporting cast. And if you surround this kid, Dan- if you surround Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, dual threat Danny, with some really good players... And you have an excellent draft this spring. And I think you can absolutely win with him. But you got to have some good pieces with him. So, here's this is where my view comes to end. Jones, sound, Jones sounded dumbfounded when he was presented with the theory that quarterbacks often take a quantum step forward in year three. He does, he does not have to buy into it. But he does have to live it in 2021. Look at Baker Mayfield. I said Baker Mayfield, he's done an incredible job. Even without ever since Odell ever since Odell got injured, the Browns have looked the Browns have looked precisely good. And I still like Odell. I think I think Odell is a really good receiver. But look at Baker Mayfield. He doesn't he doesn't get all cocky when uh when um when uh, referees blow ridiculous calls, he stays calm and patient, you know, and he waits for his opportunity to win. That's what I like about Baker Mayfield, you know. I also like what I also like about Baker Mayfield when he apologized to Daniel Jones. I really appreciated that. When Baker Mayfield said that Daniel Jones uh, is not a top pick in the draft. And he apologized when Daniel Jones won that game in Tampa Bay. But look at access to two thousand access to two thousand eighteen quarterback class. Josh Allen, like I said, Baker Mayfield. These two made significant strides in their third season. Lamar Jackson was the league MVP in the second year. Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold has yet to prove he can command a successful team. 
Daniel Jones is a product of the 2019 class. And his third season is his third year. His third season, that's the year. That's the year where it is time to make it happen. He needs a healthy Saquon Barkley and a legitimate receiver. Look what the addition of Stephon Diggs did with did with Josh Allen. It helped him. It helped Josh Allen get to the next level in Buffalo. And Daniel Jones has to help himself. Get like I said, get someone like Allen Robinson. Get someone from get someone like Juju Smith. Get someone like Sammy Watkins. I don't care. One of those three. Those are those are what those are number one type receivers. So. All I gotta say is this. There's just too many, there's just too many performances that are just really, really bad. If he continues to turn the ball over the way he's turning it over, which is not really that unique to young quarterbacks, and he's gonna have a short he's gonna have a short live career. And he's gonna end up like Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel, he was really great when he was back in Texas Tech. Johnny Mazzo became a backup. And you can see Johnny Mazzo, he's trying to he's trying to come back in the NFL. I don't want Daniel Jones to end up like that. I believe in this kid. And I'm gonna wait. I got a Daniel Jones jersey for Christmas. I'm gonna rock that jersey all year to show my support for this kid. I believe in him. And I'm not gonna stop believing in him. I'm gonna cheer for this kid. Even if we go, even if he even if he's a backup, I'm gonna still stay on the side because I believe. And he's fought his way up. Daniel Jones has, he's, he has, he has, he has produced a little bit. You know, and like I said, this kid is doing that 80 yard run. Have you ever seen Eli Manning or Kurt Warner or Phil Simms? Have you ever seen, have you ever seen those guys even run an 80 yard RPO play on the Eagles defense? I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm, no, there's no question. Daniel Jones, he might not be. He not. He might not be. He might not be a great quarterback to other people, but he's a great quarterback to me. So that's what I gotta say about that. Um, I hope. I hope you guys like this. Uh, I hope you guys like this. Uh. Hope you liked the podcast today. Um, I will be going. I will be going. Uh, I'll be making my podcast tomorrow. Um, now, yeah. So I hope you guys like this. Uh, hope you guys like the podcast. You know. Um, and yeah, you guys have a wonderful day. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Hello everyone, welcome uh, to um, the sports channel. Um, it's, uh, I I will be your host today. Um, so um, basically, this is a podcast, basically of sports. You know, football, NFL, college, any sport, basketball, baseball. But anyways, um, today um I'm gonna be talking about my football team the New York Giants um, it's, it's the off season the Giants win a uh, six and ten uh they finished the season second 
in the NFC East, or you could say NFC least. Um, but anyways, um, today, guys, um, I just want to talk to you guys today about the Giants um, searching for a new offensive line coach. You know, look, um, the Giants are looking for a new offensive line coach again. Um, Dave uh, Dugliamio's contract expired at the end of the season, and the Giants are casting a wide net of uh, four potential full-time offensive line coaches. Multiple sources told the Post, um, uh, Dugliamio replaced Mark Colombo on an interim basis for the final eight weeks. It is possible Dugliamio could return uh, to the Giants in some fashion, though the two sides tried and failed to reach an agreement on his contract to return as offensive line coach. He intentionally was supposed to be added in season as an offensive consultant who previously worked with uh, Joe Judge on the Patriots staff and was experienced in Judge's preferred plan to rotate young um, offensive linemen. Um, Duglielmo did not coach the season finale due to the positive due to a positive COVID nineteen test. Assistant offensive line coach Ben Wilkerson, who joined the Giants in, uh, back in two thousand eighteen and, and received a raise to remain on Judge's first staff last season, filled in and used just the five starting linemen in a win over the Cowboys. Uh, Duglielmo's uh, previous four stops lasted one season each, but he is respected within the Giants where he was introduced to the NFL from 2004 to 2008. I think, my, from my own opinion, from my own honest opinion, I think it is time, I think, look, it is time of, it's the time of the year where the makeup of staffs change because of head coach hirings and firings. The Eagles firing of Doug Peterson means Jeff Stoutland could shake free and he was the offensive line coach at Alabama when Judge was a young special teams assistant for Nick Saban. James Campen, who was a fixture with the uh, Packers for 15 years, also is available after spending last season with the Chargers. Judge is going to want to create stability at the position, especially for these young guys like Andrew Thomas, Nick Gates, Matt Pert. The Giants have Ha- they've had had a revolving door at offensive line coach, um, you know, um, the Giants have had a revolving door um, at offensive line um, coach since the exit of Pat of Flaher- uh, Flaherty, and that was back in that was from two thousand four to two thousand fifteen. So let's see. So I'm I'm really interested in seeing who the Giants' new offensive lines coach is going to be. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah. Okay, guys, I'm moving on to the next, um, let's talk about, um, let's talk about this team, this team I hate the most, you guys know I'm a Giants fan. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowgirls. You know, let's talk about the Dallas Cowgirls, you know, and It's just been reported that um, the Dallas Cowboys um, uh, today have officially hired defensive line coach Aiden Durd. Now look at now with Dan Quinn settled into his new gig as a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowgirls, the work begins to formulate 
his coaching staff this morning. It was announced that he's hired at uh he's hired um he's hired his defensive line coach. According to uh, ESPN's Todd Archer, the Cowboys will be will bring Aiden Dirt from the Atlanta Falcons to be their new defensive line coach. Which which comes to mind, the Falcons' defense hasn't been good when it got to the end of the season. Now, but look, back to this. Um, Look, Dirt is a native of England and spent the last three years coaching on Dan Quinn's staff. He was also an, in, he was also an intern with the Dallas Cowboys under former head coach Jason Garrett, according to Archer. Prior to that, he was attempting to make his way into the NFL through the through the international players' pathway. But look at with the Falcons, Dirt was a linebacker's coach for a defense that wasn't very good. Now he gets his hands on a defensive line that features Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Dirt will be charged with Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore's development and helping Bradley Ane work to get on the football field more. The Cowboys have now added a defensive backs coach and a defensive line coach to their ever-evolving coaching staff. You know, um, it certainly wasn't a traditional uh, route, route, whatever you can say, to the NFL or through the coaching ranks, but he appears to be a guy that's highly th- thought of. It will be interesting to what kind of impact he has when the team takes the field in the fall. So that's going to be really interesting. You know, I didn't really think, I didn't really... I wasn't really shocked, you know, because I wasn't really shocked about when Mike Nolan got fired, you know, because he was horrible. This is a, this this Cowboys defense was ranked dead last in passing and rushing, you know. So yeah, but let's see what Aiden. Let's see what this guy. Let's see what Aiden Dirt can do. Uh, do with this Cowboys defense. But, yeah. <sighs> So yeah, and guys, um, look at guys, um, I want to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles now. You know, basically, you know, um, this is my first time, you know, making my own podcast. So we're basically, um, I'm basically today, I'm basically gonna be talking about every team in the NFC least. You know, see what they're seeing how they can fix uh, their team, like what their plan is to being successful going on. So yeah, I'm um, going on to the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, you guys probably haven't heard, but the Eagles um owner Jeffrey Lurie, um, you know about um the Eagles. They're obviously looking for a new head coach. You know they fired Doug Peterson finally. You know there there's still a lot of there's still a whole lot whole lot of questions going on in Philly. Will Carson Wentz be their quarterback? You know. Um, who's gonna be the next defensive? Who's gonna be the next defensive coordinator for this? Uh, for that Eagles team, because we all know, we all, we all, we all already heard. Probably everyone. I don't know if you guys heard, but Jim Schwartz retired. You know, so there's a lot of questions going on. But right now, the real question is, who is the head coach? You know, and obviously the Eagles and the Eagles have been have been. For the past week, it hasn't been there. Ha- there hasn't been nothing else talked about other than Josh McDaniels going to the Eagles. But a report—it's just been reported—that the Eagles, uh, uh, Jeffrey Lurie, 
is not completely sold on McDaniels. Look it. As the Eagles continue to interview people for their open head coaching position, Jeffrey Larry has reservations about one of the candidates. Josh McDaniels is considered one of the leading candidates to take the job. However, according to however, according to uh Pro Football uh Pro uh, PFTs or Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie is not entirely on board with having McDaniels become the head coach. You know, look, you got to understand, Howie Roseman has a major seat at the table in Philly. Now, the question is, how, now the question is, how does these two coexist? My understanding is this. Roseman is fine with it. It's just a matter of taking the owner. Jeffrey Lurie... Jeffrey, it's, it's, it's just a matter of taking the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, into it. McDaniels was previously a head coach with the Denver Broncos and finished with, a, uh, with an, I believe, 11-17 and 17 record and was eventually fired. McDaniels has had interviews in the past in which he was asked for front office control. McDaniels reportedly did this when he interviewed with the uh, Cleveland Browns back in 2019. However, the Browns passed on McDaniels and hired Kevin Stefanski. The fact that Lurie has to be talked into, into the hire should be a concern in itself. Also, it is surprising that Roseman, Howie Roseman, is okay with the front office change, being that he has a lot to say in personal decisions since 2016. So those are my thoughts on this. You know, the Eagles, they're still going to be trash, in my opinion. I have a feeling they might just, I think the Eagles might end up tearing it all down and tanking, you know, car, you know, you're not going to have Zach Ertz, you know, with a contract, uh, with contract, um, problems. You're not going to have, uh, you're, you know, I don't know what the Eagles are going to do, you know? And the reason why I'm saying the Eagles are going to be horrible is because when, how, when you, when it comes to Howie Roseman, uh, deciding to bring in talent, that's where that's where the curb breaks apart. That's where everything messes up. Howie wrote Howie Roseman went after Jalen Hurts when you could have went after a good receiver like someone like CeeDee Lamb or someone like Henry Ruggs. But no, you went after Jay and don't get me wrong. I've said this multiple I said this I I've I've said I've said this on multiple occasions. I like Jalen Hurts, you know? You know, I really do. You know, he came from Alabama. Alabama's a great college, you know? There's no debate, you know? But I just just don't see... I just don't. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised if Jeffrey learning how how Roseman lose their jobs going into next season. But let's just see. And now, guys, we get to the team that took the chance away from the Giants. Um. Um, guys, just reported. 
Um, the, uh, the Washington football team, they have officially shut down the facility after positive COVID-19 tests. Um, look at my thoughts on this. Um, the club's statement Wednesday did not identify the names of jo- the names or jobs of those who have the illness or say exactly how many positive tests there were. The team did say those people have now quarantined, uh, and the staff currently is working from home during the offseason. This season, only two players for Washington tested positive for the illness caused by the the novel coronavirus. Washington finished with a uh, seven and nine record after losing in the first round of the NFC of the NFC playoffs to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like eleven days ago. Um, so, yeah. So, guys, um, those are this. That's all I had. That's what. That's all I had to say for today. Um, hopefully, you guys like this um podcast. You know, um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing this every day. You know, weekdays and weekends, and yeah. So yeah, um, tomorrow, um, guys, I'm gonna be um talking about um, I'm gonna be talking about um, I'm gonna be talking about all the other teams in the AFC and the NFC. You know, even the teams that aren't in the playoffs anymore, I'm gonna be talking about them, and I'm gonna be talking about the playoffs. You know, um, the the conference champion, conference championships for both the AFC and the NFC. Yeah. So you guys have a wonderful day, and I will see you guys tomorrow. See ya.